Welcome to the Core Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Banks, a mindset and positive psychology coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things related to creating happiness from within. So let's do it. Hello, and thank you for joining us for today's episode. We are going to be discussing a topic that a lot of people can relate to. If you have ever had a job, or have had to provide for yourself or others, then this topic is for you because we are gonna be talking about work-related stress. Now, if you're a person who absolutely 100% loves your job and is never stressed a day in your life, this episode may not be for you. But for the rest of us that have had to work and at some point have experienced some type of stress, that's what we'll be talking about today. Because if you think about it, in terms of time, whether that is in hours or weeks or months, it all adds up. And it is not a surprise that work then has a significant impact on our mental health. A good job, for example, can provide a sense of purpose and achievement, which could then increase your confidence, can provide a sense of belonging, which can increase your self-worth. And it can even help with developing skills or talents, which can help with personal growth. So all of that's amazing. However, a job can also be a major source of stress and anxiety, which can lead to feelings of isolation or worthlessness or hopelessness. So it's important to talk about the different types of work-related triggers when it comes to stress and to identify your trigger, like what is causing your work-related stress. In this episode, I decided I'm going to go through the most common triggers. There are a lot. So if you identify with these, great. If not, honestly, some of these tips could also benefit you if your trigger is something else. But these are the most common triggers of work stress. So I'll go through each one and then we'll talk about what we can do. The first one is going to be time pressure. How many of you can relate to this? This is where you don't feel like you have enough time to do your job. Deadlines are approaching. There's not enough hours in a day. You feel like you're constantly rushing from one thing to the next. That's time pressure. That's the number one cause of complaint when it comes to work-related stress is the time. So what can we do to deal with time pressure? These are a couple of things that have proven to be successful just based on research. First is make a plan for the day. You may have heard people talk a lot about morning rituals and having a plan for the day. Like the morning ritual is, oh, I wake up, I work out, I eat breakfast, I plan my day, or I do a brain dump and journal. If you are a morning person and that works for you, fantastic. I personally am not a morning person. I know that does not work for me. So instead of having a complete morning routine, I do make time, whether it's the night before or immediately when I wake up, to plan the day. What that means is really just going through what you have to do for that day, setting realistic expectations of what you can get done, and then just making sure that you have a plan of how to go about the day. Granted, things may change and that's okay. Sometimes I like to do what I call chunking, where instead of multitasking, you schedule in chunks. And what that means is you set aside time to focus on one specific task while minimizing interruptions, and then you group all those tasks together. For example, would be, okay, so for 30 minutes, I'm going to check my email, and then for the next two hours, I will schedule my meetings. So I'll have like two hours back-to-back meetings. And then for the next hour, I'm going to have lunch. And then for the next hour, 
<laughs> and so that's chunking, right? And I find that that is better than multitasking because when you're multitasking, you have speed and accuracy and all of those things start to suffer. When you're chunking, especially if you're giving yourself enough time within those chunks for things to go wrong. For example, I may not take a full hour for lunch. Those meetings might not be two full hours. You can have a little bit of flexibility for when things don't go with plan, because let's be honest, most of the time they don't. However, when you go into the day with a plan, you do feel more prepared to take on any type of stressful trigger, right? So when you start your day with planning, a positive attitude, you're priming yourself to be calm before entering a triggering situation, which helps when dealing with a stressful situation. Another source of work-related stress can be a demanding workload. This is just having way too much to do or not even having a clear definition of what you're supposed to do, or maybe that definition keeps changing. So what do I do in that situation? If it's a demanding workload and you are feeling stressed just by the amount of stuff to do, it's just so many tasks that it's overwhelming, it's not possible to get done by a certain time or by a due date. If you have too much on your plate and you need to free up time to focus on some of the tasks that are more time consuming, you can always try to delegate. If you are not in a delegating type of position, then you can talk to your supervisor or manager and say, hey, this is a bit too much for this time frame and let them know. One thing that I actually found very helpful when I had this situation with my manager was to list out all the tasks that I was responsible for. And this was like on a daily basis. Every single day, I'm responsible for these tasks. And I listed out, actually typed it out uh, into a document. And single space, it was two pages long. I kid you not. It was a lot. And I showed it to her. And granted, she just was like, well, it is what it is. But at the company, we were fortunate enough to have skip levels. A skip levels where you talk to your boss's boss or your manager's manager. And during my skip level, I brought it up again. Like, I am very overwhelmed because of this demanding workload. And these are the things that have been asked of me. And this is what I'm responsible for every single day. And I showed it to her and she was like, that's a lot. That's a job of four or five people. And I was like, yes, that's my concern. I would love to pare this down. And she actually helped me do that. She had talked to my boss and she did a follow-up with me and made sure that we were paring it down to something that's actually realistic. So... I encourage you to do that. If you have a demanding workload, look at your workload, be realistic about how long these tasks take, and then talk to your supervisor or talk to your manager about how you can pare down some of the tasks if it's too many tasks for you to do. Another part of demanding workloads can just be clear expectations. So I know some people who are just stressed because they're just like, well, my quota keeps changing or supposed to do one thing by this date and then they changed it and then they changed it again that's super stressful so if your expectations and what is required of you is not clear and if you don't know exactly what is expected of you or if it keeps changing with little to no notice that becomes very stressful so get clear on your expectations what is required of you when it's required of you how often it's required of you if it keeps changing with little to no notice, all of that becomes extremely stressful. That also is one of the huge causes of job burnout. So if this is happening, definitely, again, talk to your supervisor or manager. Go over the expectations. If you have to, keep that job responsibility list when you started. Go over that job responsibility list. Then go over the things that have been added to it or the things that have changed. And just get clarification. And just say, hey, look, I'm looking for clarification on this because... It keeps changing and it's hard for me to keep up. 
But don't be afraid to have those honest and clear conversations with your manager. If you have a good manager, they are going to want you to come to them with these types of concerns because they know overall it's going to help you do your job. If you do your job good, your manager looks good. They want to look good. Therefore, they want you to do your job. So don't be afraid to go to them with these concerns and say, hey, look, I want to perform at my best, but these are my concerns and I want to talk through them with you. So moving on from a demanding workload, another stressful work situation can be conflict. So let's say you have conflict with your manager or supervisor, or let's say it's a coworker, and it could be just disagreements, or maybe sometimes certain personalities just don't work well together, and that could be a source of stress. What do we do then? First, if you can't address it, address it in a very professional, kind manner, say, hey, look, I really want to talk about this conflict we're having and try to do some conflict resolution. If the problems with a coworker, not your manager, sometimes a manager can help with conflict resolutions. Most managers are trained or supposed to take training anyway to help with conflict resolution. If that doesn't work, then there's always HR. Likewise, if it is your manager that is causing the conflict, then you can go to HR and talk to them about it. If you don't want to go either of those routes and you don't want to talk to your manager and you don't want to talk to HR, then you can also just try, if you can, to avoid conflicts with that person. You can also avoid working with that person, especially if it's a colleague. Try to avoid working with them. Have very clear, defined roles and responsibilities. You're responsible for this. I'm responsible for this. When there is overlap, try to keep it to a minimal. And if your conflict is with your supervisor or your manager, then it could be looking to switch teams, but try to avoid it when possible. But if you can't avoid conflict, just make sure that you're handling it in a professional and appropriate manner. And above all else, do not gossip. If you're not going to talk to that person face to face, then don't talk about them behind their back. Because usually what always happens is it gets right back to that person and then it becomes even more of a conflict. And then they can get HR involved and then you look like the bad person. Just don't do it. Just don't gossip. If you're going to gossip, gossip to somebody else who does not work there. Another stressful situation that can usually happen, and I know that this is something that I've been talking to a friend about recently, is uncertainty about the future. Now, I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially in the tech world, even in marketing. I, in both of those industries, there seems to be a lot of layoffs. You don't know what's going to happen. It's just like you go to work kind of wondering, like, this merger happened, or are, are we going to get laid off? Are we going to have a job? What's going to happen? We're, this uncertainty is causing so much panic and stress, anxiety. So what do we do if we are completely uncertain about the future? Number one, plan. Plan, 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 plan. Stay prepared. What does that mean? That means set goals. What are you striving for? Ultimately, look forward. What do you want to do? What are you interested in? Is this job even what you're interested in? Are you interested in something else? What are your goals for your career? Once you have those goals, network, get out, talk to people, build relationships. If it's in your field, it's usually easier. If it's not in your field, start talking to other people who may have been in the field. Use LinkedIn, start reaching out to people. The more you reach out to people, the more you have new connections, you can have new opportunities. Get out there, network. I know post-COVID, networking and socializing is difficult to get back into, but you gotta do it. It is worth it. Network. The other thing is do some research. If you're not sure who to reach out to, how to network, how to set the goals, do some research. If you're thinking of a different career path, research will help you nail it down. What are your choices? What are your interests? Start there. 
start researching, and then you'll have some clarity around that. And then once you have the clarity, usually at this point, you're going to feel more confident. You've set the goals, you've started networking, you've done some research. So what happens at work, even though it's uncertain and we cannot control what happens, at least we are prepared. We've done the work, we're feeling confident. Okay, well, if that happens, well, I know I've talked to this guy or this woman. I've looked into these opportunities that I can do. And then when it comes time, take action and take those steps towards your goals. So whether that's taking classes, more networking, going to career fairs, applying for the jobs, whatever you need to do at that point, now you're ready to take action. So when you are faced with uncertainty, the best thing you can do is just control what you can control, which is planning and being prepared. And then the last most commonly complained about stressor is work-life imbalance. We'll go more into this in the next episode, actually, where we talk about work-life balance. What does it mean? Is it possible? But that's what everyone claims to strive for, right? It's work-life balance. I have difficulty balancing work and my personal life, and that is a source of stress. Balance means different things to different people, but ultimately, if you are a person who takes work home with you, works the weekends, works holidays, and you genuinely don't have a defined personal time, that's a work-life imbalance. So what do we do when we are constantly inundated with work and we genuinely have no life? I'm not seeing my friends, I'm not seeing my family. I know for me personally, when I was first starting off in my career, I was working 90 hour weeks just trying to prove myself. I was working every single weekend, every holiday, I was traveling. There would be times where I would be home maybe a week each month and I reached burnout very quick. And I was very sad. I had no memories. I look back on my 20s and I'm like, oh, I was working. I mean, granted, my memories were around my work. Like, oh, I did this on this project and I met this person on this project. But I missed out on a lot of what my friends were doing. I wasn't close really with my family. I was just constantly working. So that's a work-life imbalance, for example. So what do I do in that situation? I know you've heard me talk about setting boundaries. Of course, that's the most important thing. Setting boundaries when it comes to work-life imbalance is really just carving out your personal time and sticking to it. That means don't take work home with you. Don't work in the evening. Don't work on the weekends and don't work holidays. Now, if it's a once-off, once in a while, and it's something that happens very sporadically, and you're like, I actually do want to do this work on this day, by all means, do it. But otherwise, when it comes to your daily interactions with your job, you are paid a salary to work your job. Now, what has happened in recent years is people will say, yes, but you're paid a salary to work your job. We don't care how long it takes you or what the hours mean. You just have to do these things for your job. But also, realistically, regardless of whether it's a salary, regardless of whether it's hourly, you are trading time for dollars. What that means is you're saying for these 40 hours that I'll give you in this job, you're giving me this in pay. You are trading time for dollars. That's what a salary is. You're basing your salary off of 40 hours per week. If you go on above and beyond, phenomenal if that's what you want to do. And if it's rewarded in bonuses or whatever else, phenomenal. But don't be afraid to say, these are my 40 hours a week. Or even if you want to be generous and say 45, whatever it is. Once you'd establish what you are giving to your job and what your job is paying you for, 
use the rest of your time that is your personal time and you have to set those boundaries and that means not checking your work emails that means not working on vacation i know i personally have a completely different app on my phone for my work email and the reason i do that is because this specific app allows me to set work hours and what that means is i say okay from 8 a.m until 6 30 p.m I receive emails and notifications outside of that time. So from 6.30 p.m. all night long until the morning until 8 a.m., my phone isn't even pulling emails from the server. I'm not even getting those emails until 8 a.m. the next morning. And then I'll be notified. That has helped me set a boundary because let's face it, we all know if you're getting emails and you're getting those pings and they're coming through, on push notifications, you're like, oh gosh, you know, I feel like I have to answer it because they sent it. No, you don't have to answer it because somebody's sending an email late at night. That's not something you have to do. You are not obligated to do it. Turn off those notifications, send an boundary to say, these are my work hours, these are not my work hours, and stick to it. We've gone through the five most common triggers of stress, which were time pressure, demanding workload, conflict, uncertainty about the future, work-life imbalance. Now, if you have a work-related stress that is not based on one of those triggers, then you can still find healthy ways to deal with it. Relaxation techniques are usually the best. That can be anything from meditation to spending time in nature, listening to music on your drive home, listening to music to help you decompress, doing something you love like a hobby, spending time with family, yoga, breathing exercises. There's so many different things you can do to help manage stress. And then of course, if all else fails, you can always seek professional help. A therapist or a professional can actually give you more coping skills with your very specific trigger and then help develop a stress management plan. But overall, dealing with stress is one of the most important things that we can do, especially work-related stress, because again, work takes up the majority of time in our lives. So if we don't have a way, a productive and healthy way to deal with the work-related stress, it will show up and have negative impact on our physical and mental health. Another quick fact is that work-related stress is most common and challenging for women. So women, statistically, are more likely than men to report feeling stressed at work. And they're more likely than men to experience work-related stress health problems which could be headache, muscle tension, insomnia, anxiety, depression, heart disease, and even stroke. So when I say it's important to figure out a way to deal with that stress from work, please do. I'm hoping this has helped a lot of you. I'm just giving you some tools, some options, some ideas of things you can do to help deal with your stress because it is very important to deal with stress at work. That's all we have for today. I hope you'll join us for the next episode where we talk more about work-life balance, what it is, and then is it attainable? So hope you join us then. I thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate it or leave a review. If you have any thoughts or questions, I would love to hear from you. You can email podcast at corehappiness.com. For show notes and additional resources, you can visit www.corehappiness.com. As always, please remember, never let anyone diminish your light. Until next time, sending you my love.